On the LegacyRetirementGroup.com phone line, we welcome back our political contributor and president of Opportunity Ohio, Mr. Matt Mayer, who, Matt, just want to give you a high five again. Thanks for all your help on Tuesday, Election Day, sir. Yeah, no, that was great. I, I uh, think the listeners enjoyed it, and I think, you know, people seem to learn a bit about, a bit about uh, what needed to happen that day. A- absolutely. And when you have listeners that will write us and uh, call us and say, hey, thank you for that helpful information. I think I now know, or at least it's more clear to me, who I want to vote for. That we've done our job, and that makes me really happy because it's always about the, the you know good information and correct and exact information. So thank you, Matt. Hey, let's uh, let's dive right into what we've learned from Tuesday and now moving on, especially some of these candidates. What's what's next now for some of these people who lost the races? One eye opener. One thing. Let me just start with this. If there's one thing that I noticed right away, Matt, it's I don't know if it was enthusiasm, momentum. But it was clear that Republicans decided to come out in full force uh, over Democrats two to one. Yeah, and, and that's a really important point to, to keep in mind. I mean, the Democrats can't say, well, you know, we didn't have any contested races. I mean, they had a contested governor's race. They had a contested Senate race. And the Republican turnout was double uh, of what the Democrats were. So so that gets, tells you that there's a real lack of enthusiasm in the Democratic Party right now. Um, that, and that goes from Joe Biden all the way to the candidates here in Ohio just aren't that exciting for them. So so I think, you know, starting today, that, that puts the odds of, of the Republicans winning in November, you know, higher than, higher, higher than normal, right? So I think there's enthusiasm for the candidates. And so, you know, going into November, I think you know, if the enthusiasm holds, then then, you know, Ohio should remain red uh, top of the ticket. Matt Mayer, President of Opportunity Ohio, is with us. Let's take the U.S. Senate race, for example. It's clear that J.D. Vance benefited greatly by former President Trump's endorsement. Yeah, he really did. And, and you know, it, it confirms that Ohio is a pro-Trump state. Uh, and, you know, some people say, oh, you know, but, you know, he didn't get 60 percent of the vote. So, you know, how can you say that, you know, that Trump has, you know, that much sway? I think you, you got to keep in mind. You know, Trump, I think, waited too long to get involved in this race, and it and it allowed voters to really harden on their candidates, and that I think made it more difficult for for his endorsement to kind of pull more of the people that support him uh, to to Vance because they had kind of really solidified around the other candidates because there were four people running who were very pro-Trump um, candidates, and so I think that was one of the mistakes Trump made by waiting so long is it kept the primary. Uh, close, closer than it should have been for for too long. So, but nonetheless, it's clear that once he endorsed JD, uh, that that separated JD from the rest of the crowd. Hey, Matt, I want to get your thoughts on a statement that was made yesterday with Mark Caleb Smith, a professor of uh, political science at Cedarville University. We were talking about Tim Ryan going up against JD Vance, and he's judging his statement by the commercials that Tim Ryan has been running right now, and he feels that these two candidates now who will be running for Senate, Democrat and Republican, are, are very similar in some ways. Yeah, they, they have very similar backgrounds from a from a biography standpoint, uh, blue-collar appeal, um, you know, working-class appeal. And so uh, they're going to they're gonna have, which I think is why J.D. was probably the right person to run against Tim Ryan, because it's going to be hard for Tim Ryan to separate and show why you should kind of go for him versus J.D. Vance. Um you know, and, and I think that, that that puts 
the race kind of in JD's favor going you know early and and look Tim Ryan yesterday was on Brett Baer on Fox News and essentially said he doesn't believe there should be any limits on abortion and you know you may be pro-choice but boy to say a wow. woman should be able to abort a baby at 38 weeks is really extreme well uh, so I think yeah. he, he already he already stepped in a landmine uh, on day one. Uh, that's not going to help him with with most voters here in Ohio. Boy, that's a heck of a comment to make. It certainly is. Matt Mayer's with us, president of Opportunity Ohio, also our political contributor. Uh, say what you want about him. He's certainly made the no- most noise in the U.S. Senate race. What's next for Josh Mandel? Uh, ho- hopefully the private sector. Uh, this should be his <laughs> last race. I mean, he- he's lost two races. He dropped out of a third race. Uh, hasn't won an election since 2014. You know, I, I hope this is the last we see of Josh Mandel, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, he needs to now go go spend some time in the private sector and, and, and you know, contribute in a, in a different way to Ohio, because uh, clearly, politically, folks just aren't interested in, in what he's selling. But Matt, just to be honest for a second. You always are. Don't get me wrong. But what can he do? What would he go do next in the private sector? What's a job he'd... <laughs> <laughs> you probably... <laughs> Okay, but never mind. We'll move on. Question, that's the question for that's the question of the hour for every career politician. Yeah, you know, what, I guess what, are they, right. what are they actually? Can they actually go sell real estate? I don't know. Look, <laughs> I mean, this is the problem. We have too many people who become career politicians and then right that they they flip the switch and become lobbyists or chamber heads or things like that. And and that's you know they, they need to figure out like look they all went to college they've got degrees go use them right go go start a business you know group add jobs to the economy, you know, do, do something productive yeah, to, yeah. to, to benefit the state and your family. Uh, Mike Gibbons, do you see him running for anything again? No, I th- I think, you know, look, he, he, this is the second loss he's had politically. Uh, I think that we him done. He spent $17 million and he, he it's clear. It, the, 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 the message for Mike Gibbons is he's just in a, in over his head. And when it comes to politics, a very good businessman, but when it comes to politics, he just doesn't have what what it takes to 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 rise to the top. So I think you know Mike's a good man, and and you know I, yeah. I, I yeah. again I just like we said on Tuesday, I applaud him for putting his money where his mouth is. Uh, too many politicians put other people's money where their mouth is, and so I, I think it's great he did it. But time for him to kind of go back to business or just go spend time with his kids and grandkids. Uh, Matt Jane Timken. Well, boy, Jane, you know, Jane, we had great hope for Jane. Uh, thought, you know, thought she had a real solid chance here, but boy, she pulled less. She pulled less than six percent, which is just a massive defeat. But not just for her; it's a massive defeat for those who ran her campaign and were involved in her campaign. I mean, to have Jane, the only woman in the race, to have the former head of the uh, Republican Party in Ohio, to have the fi- the resources financially that she had, and for them to have had such a poor result. I mean, they got like forty thousand more votes than Mark Bakita, which Mark was kind of irrelevant. Uh, because he just didn't have any, couldn't you know, raise money, couldn't do anything, and and that's just a that's a devastating loss for Jane. I, I, I suppose I suspect we won't see her uh, again politically. Uh, and you're right; she had so much momentum, and then it's just like it's almost like dare I say, ran out of gas. However, Matt Dolan, Matt is someone who we could see maybe in 2024 run up against uh, Sherrod Brown. Yeah, me and Matt. Matt did a good job getting his name ID up this this round. You know, he had a little bit of surge there uh, for a couple of days, uh, which was the Never Trump vote kind of coalescing around him, and maybe some other folks tired of the other four hitting each other. Um, he's well placed for for a Sherrod Brown uh, run in twenty twenty four, but but I think he needs to he needs to 
come around a bit on Trump and realize, you know, I don't think he needs to become a, you know, full-throated Trump supporter, but I think he needs to recognize that Ohioans appreciated the Trump policies, and he needs to do more to kind of acknowledge that, uh, you know, the Trump policies were really effective for Ohio. Um, and, I, you know, I saw Don Jr. did a really gracious note to, you know, tweet of, of Matt's concession. So hopefully, you know, that, that work because look, Matt could be a good good opponent against Sherrod Brown in 2024, possibly. Uh, absolutely. Matt Mayers with his president of Opportunity Ohio. Matt, I have less than four minutes. I want to dive into the governor's race here for a sec. One of the eye openers we saw after the primary was Republican voters uh, when it came to Mike DeWine and John Houston. That they only won they won less than 58 percent. Excuse me, 50 percent of the vote. Yeah, you know, one of the best moments of yesterday uh, for me, Brandon, was when you had Mike on and you asked him about that. And he kind of just skipped right through that. Of one course. And talked about yeah. the future, not I know. the past. And, and look, it's a damning statement that the Republican voters in Ohio gave DeWine and Husted 48 percent of the vote and gave a majority to other candidates who were all weak, underfunded, right, didn't get have much of a message out there other than an anti-DeWine message. So it's, it's fascinating to me that that was such a bad uh, showing. And frankly, you know, for John Husted, you know, he probably has this belief that he's the presumptive nominee in 2026. That is greatly damaged by the fact that Republicans just don't, frankly, care that much for him clearly. And he's going to have the legacy of the DeWine Husted administration hanging around his neck. So so it's going to be a bit tougher for him than he might think. You had a thought process, and I was reading through uh, your notes, uh, what we talk about every Thursday. You know, for those that are thinking to blame Blystone for getting in the way of Renacy, we they have it backwards. Is that right? They have it totally backwards. You know, there are those who are saying, oh, and then Jim Renacy says this, oh, you know, Blystone got in my way, and if I was a one-on-one race, that would have beaten DeWine. And here's the problem with that. Joe, Jim, Jim Renacy didn't win a single county. Joe Blystone won 22 counties, four of which he won with over 50% of the vote. That's impressive. That, that is a, yeah. So what that, yeah. So what that tells you is it's, frankly, Renacy who got in Blystone's way of trying to, to get around DeWine Houston. And, and look, here's the reality. DeWine Houston only hit 50% of the vote in 20 counties. Uh, so that's more proof of just the unpopularity of that ticket uh, for, for, for Republican voters in Ohio. And, and, and they've got some work to do over the next four years to 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 fix that legacy because to get less than you know fifty percent in essentially sixty eight counties, uh, boy that 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 sure is a broad statement by Republican voters on what they think of you. Matt Nan Whaley has already used what's going on with SCOTUS and abortion uh, as a platform for the race here in the fall. Um, how does Nan hold up to Governor DeWine this fall in the election in the general election? Uh, not well. I mean, look, Nan Whaley is not a charismatic person. Uh, you know, she she doesn't do well on TV. Her, her, she's a progressive lefty. Um, and for her to lead on abortion, I mean, here's the reality. A, a majority of people believe that you should have restrictions on abortion beyond about the 10th to 15th week. They, they, that's just the kind of common sense Ohio point of view. And, and Nan's not there. She's closer to unlimited abortions, you know, uh, partial birth abortions, that kind of real hardcore thing. And the thing I don't get with people like Nan Whaley is they always talk about the woman's right to choose. And what they never talk about is that baby inside the woman. And, and that to me is just, it's just unconscionable in many ways. But, but the reality is uh, DeWine should easily win the, the general election just simply because he's also pop. He's probably as popular with Democrats as he's unpopular with Republicans. So he's got to do fine. Nan won't have the resources to, to beat him. Um, 
And and so I think that that should be a fairly easy race for Mike DeWine uh, come the fall. Fifteen seconds. Trump rules Ohio. Does he get? Uh, does he endorse Mike DeWine or not? Uh, I don't. I don't. I think he does. I think he stays out. I think he he does. He knows DeWine doesn't like him, uh, and and so I think he just sits on his hands and, okay. and knows Mike will win. And if he does, it's just because he, he's going to. It just he'll rack up his endorsements because he knows he'll win.